What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 97. It's All-Star Weekend in the MLB. We got a lot to talk about. A lot of uh, first half stuff, predictions for the second half, where we went wrong, where we went right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of baseball stuff today, not a lot of anything else. We will have our team reports, though, with our favorite football teams, obviously, the Jets and the Raiders. So if you're looking for Niners stuff, uh, just go away for a little bit, I guess. Or if you're looking for baseball stuff, stay around for a while because we're going to have a lot of that today. Let's just go ahead and get right into it. The opener, Skyler, what do you got? Yeah, it's the MLB drafts, the best thing I saw. I'm going to get a little more into it during halftime, but we'll start off with some of the A's picks. You know, Daniel Susak, catcher from Arizona, one of the top players in the class. We get him a 19, may not need a catcher, but it's the best player available. Similar here in the second round, Henry Bolte, high school outfielder from Palo Alto. MLB says he's the 40th best player. We got him at 56. We just try to sign him away from the University of Texas, and that'd be awesome. And a similar player in Elliot Clark from Michigan, a player in the competitive balance after the second round here, um, you know, it's for good contact. If we teach him everything else, should be a solid player. Uh, so, so far, so good with the A's draft. Exactly. Uh, as far as my opener, I'm going to talk about the A's playing some good baseball as of late, specifically this weekend in Houston, taking two out of three from probably the best or for sure one of the best teams in the American League, the Houston Astros. We won five to one on Monday with Cole Irvin having a great start there. Saturday was a little tough. We lost five nothing, but we were facing Verlander and so Jared Koenig. So kind of expected that. And then on Sunday we won four to three going away on the all-star break there. So good job by the A's this past week. We also had an eight run 12th inning, which was pretty crazy, or maybe that's the 11th inning, but, Regardless, eight run inning and extra innings is pretty nuts. That happened against the Rangers on Tuesday in our 14 to seven victory over them. So a decent week of baseball for the A's. That hasn't happened too much so far this season. It is episode 97, Skylar. So go ahead and yeah. let me know your favorite number 97 of all time. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cam Hayward from uh, from the Steelers. Five time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro. One of those All Pros was for this past season because he had 10 sacks from the interior. That doesn't happen very often. 15 tackles for loss. So a pretty good player near the end of his career, and he's been solid for the entirety of it. Yeah, I'm going to go with a guy who played in the NFL from 1996 to 2008, got drafted by the Raiders. The only team that he did not wear number 97 for was the Raiders in his rookie year. And that is Leroy Glover, who is a six-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, and is on the Hall of Fame All-2000s team, as well as a defensive tackler, nose tackle, however you want to look at it. Pretty good career. Uh, totaled 83 and a half sacks in his time in the NFL with 16 forced fumbles. And uh, Pretty yeah. good Madden card. Exactly, yeah. Not a bad card there. Uh, but Leroy Glover... And Cam Hayward for that. So let's go ahead and get to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week now, which is none other than Juan Soto, home run derby champion, became the second youngest home run derby champion last night when he beat Phenom Julio Rodriguez in the home run derby championship. 
pretty cool moment last night too, as well with uh, those guys in the last four that were left. I mean, Pete Alonso was there, but the other three guys, Dominican born Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, you think about the guy that they probably idolized growing up, Albert Pujols. And the guy mm-hmm. that was that fourth member in that last four there was Albert. So pretty cool there. Uh, kind of like a passing of the torch. If you want to call it that you can, but pretty cool moment at the home run derby last night. Uh, with Juan Soto again and that's we'll talk more about Juan Soto in a few minutes though yeah by the way though all-star game about to start right now sure we didn't forget about it we're so we're trying to get through this yeah we're 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 watching the intros right now they're showing Jose Trevino uh, tipping his cap and Garrett Cole as well tipping his cap too but let's go ahead and get to the team reports speaking of New York with the Yankees tell me about New York with the Jets Skyler yeah today the uh, official rookie camp Started not just the mini camp, the big one, um, and no issues so far. Makai Becton may be a little overweight, but is there. Uh, not for the rookie camp, but, you know, is hanging out and working out, I guess. So nothing bad yet. Zach Wilson's still a dog. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, rookie camp started for, or training camp in general, I think, starts in a couple of days for the Raiders. But the rookies and stuff, I already had a report two days ago. And now at this point, only a little bit of news would be that a couple guys place on the PUP list. And that is uh, Jonathan Hankins, Trayvon Mullen, and Bilal Nichols. Those guys, if they are not taken off of that list by August 25th, I believe, or 23rd, one of those days in late August, they will not be eligible to be taken off of that list until week five. So still about a month before that we get there, but some news there, I guess that's somewhat interesting, but those moves weren't as surprised as all those guys got surgery mm-hmm. over the off season, but let's go ahead and get to the spotlight now. Shall we go? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been talking a little bit about uh conference Liam realignment, sorry, and college football. And one question I had was what happens to the PAC 12? You know, do they combine with somebody else? Uh, do they pick up some of the Mountain West teams? And we find out today they will no longer be partnering with the Big 12. They're still going to be two separate conferences. The Big 12 is still going to get their Cincinnati's and their BYU's. And it looks like the Pac-12 is going to try to get some of those Mountain West teams. So interesting. Shift in college football should be fun to watch here over the next couple of years on how that unfolds. My... Spotlight's going to be from the Futures Game MVP, Shea Langeliers, who threw out a man from behind the plate. I believe it was Corbin Carroll when he was trying to steal third. And then also hit a home run in his second at-bat of that game after striking out to Kyle Harrison in his first at-bat. But Shea Langeliers, A's top prospect, gets the Futures Game MVP. Pretty cool moment for A's fans as we haven't had too much to cheer for this year. But the future is one thing that we can with Shea. Yeah, I just want to talk about some of the uh, future future star guys um, from the Futures game, just because we could do it now instead of moving it to halftime. Uh, mm-hmm. Jason Dominguez hits a monster home run, also made an error too, but uh, a lot of potential with that guy. Another home run from Matt Walner. I am sorry, I don't remember which team. It's for the Brewers, I think. Brewers, thank you. Uh, Jack Leiter pitched, had a nine-pitch inning. Three strikeouts from Emerson Han- or Hancock in an inning. Um, what else here? Rubber Hassel, RBI single, and some nasty pitchers for the National League. Bobby Miller, Yuri Perez, Kyle Harrison struggled. Um, 
but he's one of the youngest dudes there. So it's all right. And uh, yeah, it's, that's the future stars. Yeah. And don't think we're forgetting about Drew Jones and those guys who just got drafted this week. We'll talk more about the draft during halftime. But the main thing that we got to talk about this week and where's your head at is gotta be Juan Soto and his, he declined a 15 year, $440 million contract over this past week uh, from the nationals. People think the reasoning why he declined that contract is because the AAV, if he was to accept that contract, would be around $29 million, putting him around 20th in the league. He wants to be that guy that's first or second when it comes to that. And so if he was to sign a 15-year contract with that, it ended up being like $600 to $650 million, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Soto declining this contract has kind of sparked some rumors with the Nationals being opening to trade him. And it's becoming more of a more of a possibility day by day now at this point. I thought it was kind of just like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. They're gonna hear some offers from other teams as if they weren't doing that before. Yeah. But now they're actually listening at this point. I think that's a big thing to note. So where do you think Juan Soto ends up at this trade deadline, if anywhere? And if you do think that he's going somewhere, give us a mock trade. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it'll be this year, but I do have him going to the Dodgers. I think that's the the easiest move, at least for you know big haul wise. Because I in my mock trade here, I got the Dodgers giving up their number one prospect, the catcher uh, Cartaya. Mm-hmm. If I'm pronouncing that right. Number two, right-handed pitcher Bobby Miller. Number three, second baseman Michael Bush. The number six prospect uh, Pepio, and maybe one more prospect uh, that they can you know take their pick out of unless the Dodgers take on Corbin Burns, uh, sorry, Patrick Corbin's contract. Uh, the the Patrick Corbin contract is horrific and that could help out the Dodgers, uh, if, if they could take it on, which they probably could, if they're willing to take on Juan Soto's crazy ass. That's true. Uh, I do think Juan Soto stays in Washington through the trade deadline this year. At least I think the nationals don't have to be, Super aggressive in this because they still have Juan Soto for a couple of years, regardless with arbitration and those few years that he's got there. Uh, so they're not going to accept an offer unless they feel overly confident that this trade is going to be able to change their franchise. So I don't think they do trade him. But if they were to trade him, I have a mock trade with him to the Padres. I don't think it's going to be Patrick Corbin in this trade because... I think it, that actually works out worse for the Nationals. Even though they get to dump all this cap, they're not going to be able to get as much back yeah. because Patrick Corbin's a negative value at this point. You're not mm-hmm. going to get anything back for him specifically. But Juan Soto to the Padres, or top prospect, or graduated at this point, C.J. Abrams, pitcher, Mackenzie Gore, second or third or fourth prospect for the Padres, Iggy Rosario, his first name is E-G-U-Y, it's E-E-Guy yeah. maybe, I don't know how to say it. Uh, one of their lower prospects, Eshri Ruiz, who just came up recently, is a great hitter, right in the minor leagues and a sleeper prospect in their system. And I also think Trey Grisham is another another guy that can be thrown into that. He's only 25 uh, and has underperformed this year, but maybe getting back onto the East Coast where he had his worst moment of his career with that air in the wild card game back in 2019, getting back to Washington could be something that is a possibility. I don't think this happens, but if it was to happen, that's what I think the Padres would have to give up in order to get a talent like Juan Soto. All right. 
Let's get to our first half takeaways, though, man. It's it's been a great first half. A lot of fun things have happened. A couple no hitters, couple ton of three run or three homer games. Uh, players surprising us and making the All Star team. Players disappointing us and maybe even getting sent down to Triple A. Uh, we'll see if we got the same guy when it comes to that topic. But uh, what is your most surprising team, Skyler, in this first half? I have to say the Yankees. Because Toronto was my my big pick this year. I don't think I had them winning the World Series, but they were my breakout team. And New York kind of stole it from them. We've talked about this before. Uh, I also want to shout out Baltimore. Uh, we were talking about this before the show. You know, over 500. The young guys are playing great. Didn't expect this at all. Uh, but just not enough to take the number one spot for me here with the Yankees. Because uh, it seems like everyone on that team's playing for their careers right now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my most surprising team is also going to be the Yankees. I will explain more about where I had them earlier in the season, if you don't remember that. But I did not have them being near the spot of the best team in the bigs with the best run differential and the best record. Uh, and them just coming out to this super, super hot start. They've slowed down quite a bit in this past three weeks or so, but maybe that's just a cold stretch. But the Yankees are legit, man, and they have been my most surprising team in the big so far. What about your most disappointing teams, Skyler? I'm going to have the Angels here. It's not that I had crazy high expectations, but I just didn't think they'd be out this early. You know, they're wasting the careers of two of the best players we've ever seen. Um, another option would be the White Sox, but I wasn't as high on them. I didn't have them make the playoffs uh, before, so I'm not as surprised about them. Yeah. Uh, my most, most disappointing team has got to be the White Sox. I had them as the top seed in the American League going into this year. They are nowhere close to that right now. They sit at 46, 40, 46 and 46 going into the All-Star break. Three and a half games out of the wild card uh, and only three games out of the AL Central. That's something to watch, too, because they're even in this shitty spot, but they're not that bad of a spot because of how bad their division is and that's probably the easiest division to win in the entire league right now but uh yeah, white Sox got to be the most disappointing what about your most surprising player skylar i gave two here because it's too hard to pick one yeah uh, i have two here but my big one here is julio rodriguez and i know we figured he'd be pretty entertaining spark plug but i did not expect him to be an absolute star this early in his career uh Pretty crazy. I'll give a shout out to Nestor Cortez because we we talked about we had a lot of episodes before the season where we were like the pitching is going to be amazing this year, and we named off guys like McClanahan and Sandy, and those guys were good. So I'm not surprised about those guys. I was surprised about Cortez being on that list with those guys, though. Yeah, I am going to go in a bit of a different direction than Skyler did. Uh, the first guy that I want to talk about is Spencer Strider and just the strides he's made. Yes, a little wordplay there yeah. uh, that he's made this year. And we didn't really even know about him going into the season. Uh, he came up, we thought he's going to be a good bullpen piece to the Braves and maybe get some late innings for them. If Kenley Jansen wasn't able to suffice for them. I did not even know that the starter was a potential thing for him. And he has completely become one of the best starters in all of baseball so far this year with his K rates, how hard he's throwing. He just got unmatchable stuff right now. And he, I mean, we talked about it last week that he could be a guy that ends up winning mm -hmm. a Cy Young in the future. And he's only 23 years old. He's super, super young. Uh, just part of that super young core for the Braves. That's going to be good for them for a lot, a lot of years. The other guy I want to talk about is the AL starting catcher, 
Alejandro Kirk, Captain Kirk. I mean, who thought this guy was going to be the best hitter on the Blue Jays come the All-Star break? It's kind of more on Vlad and Bobichet that those guys aren't those 900, 950 OPS guys, but Alejandro Kirk is, and he's not hitting the ball to the ballpark with crazy regularity. He only's got 11 home runs, but he's hitting over 300. He walks, he has great at-bats, and he's a big part of that lineup in Toronto. And even though they've been underperforming, He's a guy that stood out for that roster. What about the other side of it with the most disappointing players so far this year, Skyler? I'm going to go with Javier Baez here. Uh, a lot of people thought Detroit would be one of these teams that uh, they finally break out, hit the 500 mark, have uh, those young players playing good. And, uh, you know, uh, Baltimore kind of stole the show from yeah. them here. And all they really needed was an all-star level I know that's saying a lot, but it's it's they gave him so much money. He just needed to to hit at an all star level, and he's hitting two twelve. Um, I'll also say for reasons I'll explain later. Uh, Vladdy Jr., who I know has been turning it up a little bit these past couple of weeks, and Matt Olson uh, on the list as well. Most disappointing player for me in all the major league baseball this year, even though he is a rookie has to be Spencer Torkelson. I do not expect him to be one of the worst qualified hitters in all of the big leagues and eventually get sent back down to AAA uh, as yeah. he was on the last day of the first half. This just came out of shock. I thought like the hit tool for him was something that was so guaranteed. There was without a doubt that this guy was going to rake in the big leagues. And we've seen moments where they, oh, okay, Spencer Torkelson's, Torkelson's finally going to turn it on. And he has that stretch for a couple of days where he does. And then it's just two weeks of mm. absolute terribleness. Uh, he's walking a bit, which is good. So it's not like he's just having terrible at bats all the time, but I mean, he's been a complete letdown for me. And the other guy that I can't leave out is Trevor Rogers, left-handed pitcher for the Marlins, who was supposed to be a possible Cy Young contender this year in the NL. And he has been quite the opposite. One of the worst pitchers in the national league with the ERA over five, I kept on expecting him to break out of it too. I'm like, oh, he's got a five-year array, but one of these days he's going to go seven innings, shut out with 10, 12 Ks and just dominate and team and get right back into the way that he was last year. And he has not. I mean, the Marlins have been okay without it because of how good Sandy and Pablo Lopez have been. But if they had Trevor Rogers pitching the way that he should have. They'd be a playoff team. Yeah, they'd be a playoff team with a, a comparable rotation to that top big three in Milwaukee with Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. We got to look back at some of our predictions from the early part of the year, Skyler. What is something that's good that you pr predicted and it's been working out well? And what's something that you've predicted that has not been working out well for you? Um, we'll start off with, uh, with Dylan Cease for a breakout player in the American League. Uh, I really like that, that pick. I know... Uh, kind of an obvious one maybe, but I liked him more than I liked someone like Alec Manoa, uh, who also having a great year, but, uh, you know, cease has just been a strikeout monster this year. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I think I had done decent well with was, uh, the twins, the twins and how good or not how good, but how they've matured as far as the year has gone on and into this possible playoff team. I think I've done a good job with that as well as uh, Jesse Winker. I put him as my bust going into this year. And even though he hasn't been terrible, 
he hasn't been what the Mariners have traded for. He's not, not the same Jesse Winker that we saw last year and in the 2020 mm. campaign. Uh, uh, but something that I've been really bad on is the Yankees. Cause I did not have the Yankees make the playoffs. I thought their pitching was going to suck. I thought Aaron judge's contract and stuff was going to hold the team back rather than judge himself. And it's not going that way. And then I also had the white Sox being the top seed in the AL and that did not pan out too well. So what about some bad things that you had together? Uh, so my biggest one here has got to be the Mets missing the playoffs. Uh, I don't like that very much. I, I didn't think they'd be able to recover so quickly from the injuries. Uh, a big one here for me, another breakout. I had Clint Frazier as my breakout for Chicago. I'm pretty sure he got DFA'd pretty quickly on. I think so, yeah. uh, say a Suzuki rookie of the year. He just, he was not he a was professional hurt. hitter yet. Yeah. It's not his fault. Um, and then Matt Olson MVP in the NL. Uh, you know, we knew the NL MVP would be wide open. Um, but didn't expect Matt Olson to have a kind of a loss of power so far this year. Yeah. Olson's had a weird year though. Cause he is at the top of the league in doubles. So he's, yeah. he's still hitting the ball into the gap a lot. He's just not getting it over the fence as much as he was last year and the year before he has been turned on recently though. He's been, I think he has three or four homers in the past week or so. Let's go ahead and send it to halftime though. Skyler, what do you got with the MLB draft? All right. So the MLB draft, First and second round was on Sunday night, and I had such a great time watching it. So <laughs> I want to go through some of these top picks because not a lot of people understand the MLB draft. Like, And we're not experts either, but uh, we kind of understand how it, how it goes. It's based on the amount of money you are allowed to spend per uh, – depending on what pick you have. So we'll start it off here. Uh, the number one pick, Jackson Holiday to Baltimore. And I know uh, a lot of people had Drew Jones as a top player. I think that's fair, but Jackson holiday will take a deal. We know Baltimore loves doing that. And he is going to be so big, man. Right now he's, he's a baby. You know, if, if he's anything like his dad, if he could just put on half of the amount of weight, he's going to be a fucking masher for Baltimore. One thing too, before you go, I, I just thought of this. I think there's, there's some some method to the Baltimore madness right now. They just moved the fences back in left field. Maybe they're trying to stack up on left-handed hitters because right oh, field is going to be easier. Oh, God. All right, what do you think Gunner about this? Henderson. Uh, I thought Jackson Holiday was an interesting one. I think uh, a lot of people were giving him shit because he looks like a 13-year-old, but he is super, super young. Yeah. Uh, and it's crazy to even think that a guy like Matt Holiday has a son who's this old to be... He's now a professional baseball player. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty crazy to think. Uh, I do think Drew Jones was the better pick here. Mm. I think Drew Jones has a chance to be really, really, really good. Uh, and not saying that Jackson doesn't, but I just think that Drew has a bigger chance to... To be better than him, I guess. All right, so we'll go on to Drew Jones, the number two pick. Uh, kind of expected here that uh, Arizona would take either one of the two uh, based on who was there. And, I, again, I really like Drew Jones, too. He already seems like a gold glover, even if he didn't play in the minors. Uh, they just need him to learn how to hit for contact a little bit. And I think that's very possible. Yeah, I like so Drew Jones, we like, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three. Very big surprise, but I, I got to say I like this one. Kumar Rocker to Texas. He's in the same system as his buddy Jack Leiter. Uh, we know Texas uh, 
has kind of a shorter shorter clock here. They signed their guys. They're in their prime, Seager and uh, and Semi, and they want to start winning. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who, if they want him to be up this year, they can. They can put him up right now. If they wanted him to start the first game of, after the All-Star break, they could really do that. But I don't like this pick. I really don't. I It's a cool culture pick and stuff like that. Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker are going to be in the rotation together, and that's something a year ago that we never thought would have been possible unless they match up together in free agency or something like that. But, I mean, pick number three, come on. Like, <laughs> he's not the third pick. He's just not. All right. Uh, after the big three, we'll run some of these notable ones kind of quickly here. The Pirates get Tamar Johnson and number four, a guy who was rumored to go number one. Uh, one of the best hit tools looks like Robbie Cano at second base. That's pretty cool. Elijah Green yeah. at number five, boomer bust, ridiculous power and speed. Uh, it's like if uh, if Solaire and Luis Robert had a kid. Yeah, I think I texted in our group chat that Elijah Green's either going to see the big leagues in two years and become an MVP or not see yeah. the big leagues at all. Jacob Berry at six to Miami. He's DH switch hitting masher. Uh, the Cubs take the first pitcher off the board, a college pitcher, Cade Horton from Oklahoma. Uh, I know not a lot of people like this, but he was really good in uh, in Omaha. It's kind of a trend here. If you're really good in Omaha, you're going to go before some of these high school guys. So I like yep. that. Minnesota, in my opinion, gets a steal here in Brooks Lee. Uh, Royce Lewis has been struggling. Brooks Lee is for an ACL. Yeah, uh, exactly. Royce Lewis and hurt. Uh, but but Brooks Lee is pretty much the finished product right now. He's ready to hit at the bigs. And my prediction for him, he's either Robbie Grossman. You know, he could be Robbie Grossman right now, which is fine. It's fine. You know, hidden hidden two forty as a switch hitter. Maybe DH is fine, but if he, you know, gets everything together, he could be a monster. Um, and one more notable, we'll go Dylan Lesko, 15 to the Padres. We know the Padres don't care if a high school pitcher had Tommy John. That's what they did with uh, Mackenzie Gore here. And I'm kind of excited about this pick because he compares himself to DeGrom. He sits triple digits with a Josh Beckett-like Hall of Fame changeup. And I'm not saying this guy's a Hall of Famer. I just, I just mean like, no one throws a changeup like this guy does out of high school. So that's going to Devin Williams. <laughs> He's got to throw a changeup like him. Sure. Actually, I want to talk about one more Spencer Jones to Vander from Vanderbilt to the Yankees. He's a left-handed Aaron judge. There you go. They're just trying to get Aaron judge's replacement for when he goes yeah. to the Mets. That's what it is. Exactly. And you got anything else you wanted to talk about? I'm all good, man. All right, uh, move on to the next topic here. Mike Trout will play in the World Baseball Classic next spring. This is so exciting, man. Uh, immediately the captain of Team USA, and I think this is going to bring some attention to the the tournament, you know? Yeah, it's this is big news as far as the World Baseball Classic goes. We've heard rumors of this Dominican super team that's gonna we're going to see in next March, but uh, I kind of – Trout – participating in the world baseball classic kind of gives that calling to the U S that, Hey, we're not messing around either. Uh, and we're going to send our guys too. Cause if Trout's doing it, then everybody else has got to do it as well. Uh, it's like Jordan and, with the and, dream team. You know? Exactly. I uh, watching, watching baseball next March with this world baseball classic is going to be some of the best baseball, some of the best pure professional 
emotion baseball that we have ever seen in our lives when people are playing for their country. So I think it's going to oh, be yeah. super fun. Absolutely. One last thing we got in halftime. Chris Sale, maybe the unluckiest player in Major League Baseball, man. Uh, yeah, took a line he, uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, he just came back uh, two weeks ago at this point. Made a start against the Rays. Looked amazing. Didn't give up a run in five innings. And then went into Sunday. Started against the Yankees. You know, pretty notable game. Garrett Cole versus Chris Sale. Two aces. Uh, two, two of the best pitchers in the 2010s going at it. And... Uh, Sale got roughed up in the first inning. He gave up a couple runs. Uh, and then Aaron Hicks, I believe, was at the plate. He hit a line drive right back at Chris Sale. Hits his pinky and ricochets super hard off his pinky and goes into the left uh, right field. His pinky and went into the right, right field, away. too. <laughs> yeah, you could tell right away that something was not right with Chris Sale. He, like, he didn't sprint off the field, but he like he's like looking at his finger. He's like, oh, shit, like, this is not how a finger is supposed to look holds it up and you could just see that his fingers bend in the wrong way and it's not in a good spot. Uh, it comes off the field. It's just kind of a shocking moment. I mean, Yankee stadium was silent because they all saw the replay. There's a, a video of uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron judge and Anthony Rizzo watching the replay. And they're just like, Oh, like, like you could tell that yeah. it, it affects them on how they're watching it. Uh, and it just is shocking, terrible moment for Chris sale. Uh, so there's a couple different outcomes with this, uh, that if he just dislocated his finger, they expected him to be back probably by the end of July, first week of August, but it is not just that he broke his finger, uh, which is going to require surgery and they expect him to probably be out for the rest of the season. So bad luck for Chris sale and, uh, the Red Sox is they lose their ACE, which they just prepared to get him back for the rest of the year. Yeah, and that definitely affects uh, predictions for the second half. Exactly. We'll talk about more about that once we come back from halftime. All righty. Welcome back from halftime. Let's get it started in the second half of Where's Your Head At? Well, we're talking about the second half of the MLB season and our predictions for that. So just like we did with the first half, what is one team that you think is going to surprise us and take the next step into the, in the second half? I got two teams here uh, that I, I guess I'll say at the same time that are going to tear up the second half. It's Atlanta and the LA Dodgers. Maybe a cheap pick here, but they're both always stronger in the second half. Austin Riley's my MVP pick. The Dodgers make some trades, possibly Juan Soto. That just makes it even better for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I it. think that'd be yeah. absolutely nuts if Juan Soto goes to the Dodgers because uh, we already saw Mookie Betts get traded there. Uh, Trey Turner's on that team. Freddie Freeman's on that team. If they add Juan Soto, it's going to get absolutely nuts. My second half team, though, has got to be the Blue Jays, man. Uh, Charlie Montoyo's firing is something that's interesting. A lot of people thought it was a bad fire, but I guess players the leadership like that the players, <laughs> the leadership that Montoyo had was not there, and that team needed a leader. They're fun, youthful club, and even though they got the vets with George Springer and those guys. They needed a manager that was going to lead those guys, and they just didn't, I guess. So no uh, no Montoyo, I think, is going to help them out. They did just go on a three-game win streak against the AAA Royals team pretty much because they didn't have half their guys. But regardless, wins are wins in baseball, and a comeback win is going to be helping you so much, and they did that twice this past weekend against the Royals. If they start the second half off hot – 
I think they're going to go ahead and go on a big run in the second half. And you'll see where I, I have them in uh, my seating here. Once we do that at the end of the show, uh, what about a team that you think is going to regress in the second half and not live up to their first half? I'm going to go with Seattle. The 14 win streaks. Awesome. But they, they can't sustain this with the injuries and questionable pitching. If they get it back, you know, good for them. The sixth spot is theirs for sure. But, uh, I'm going to say there's a good chance they don't live up to it. Yeah, Seattle's an interesting team, man. I think they – you'll see why I have them in my playoff predictions or if I have them at all. Uh, but the team I think that's going to really regress is going to be Boston. And I think that comes uh, with their losing – not an emotional leader, but a leader uh, like Chris Sale. And they're the guy that you know that you could send out there one every five days and just – dominate the team and pretty much carry you to a victory and not having that after you expected to have that back by now, it's going to be such a big thing. Uh, I just don't think that team has it. I like Evers. I like Bogarts. I think they got a lot of good hitters on their team, but I don't think that pitching staff with how many injuries that they have is going to be able to hold up and the super tough division with even the Orioles holding up their own. Let's go ahead and do our playoff team predictions and our seeding. Uh, I guess we could start with the six seeds in the NL and in the AL. Skyler, who do you think is going to round out those final two teams in each of the league? I got the Cardinals in the National League. And you know what? I'm going to stick with Boston as the sixth seed. It, I wanted to take them out badly because, you know, of course, not having Chris Sale is going to ruin the mojo for at least a little bit. But Seattle's the team I think that's going to fall apart. They're not going to, you know, lose their spot to Cleveland or Baltimore. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with Boston. I think that's my best bet. My sixth seed in the NL is going to be the Brewers. Me and Skyler are very opinionated when <laughs> it comes to this Brewers Cardinals type of thing. I think the Cardinals are going to win the division. Skyler thinks the opposite with the Brewers. Uh, he thinks the Cardinals take the last spot in the NL. Uh, uh, as a wild card team, I think the Brewers take the last spot as in the NL as a wild card team. Uh, as far as the AL goes, I have Tampa grabbing that last spot. They're in a pretty good spot right now, but without Wanda Franco for most of the rest of the season, there's going to be a bit of regression, but not to the point where they miss the playoffs. I think that seven, eight, there's quite a big of a drop off uh, compared to that six spots. Uh, I think the, the Rays will be just fine. They probably make the playoffs by three or four games. Uh, and I would say Cruz but they go into the playoffs with right. getting Juan or Franco back. How about the five spot for both teams or both leagues? So in the national league, I'm going to go with San Diego at five. Um, again, they could be a team that trades for somebody big at the block, but I'm going to say they don't and don't get the division. And in the AL, I got Tampa Bay. Um, I, I think this is a team that usually trades for like a platoon bat and a reliever, you know, maybe somebody off the radar uh, and it'll be just enough to, get him over the hump of no Wanda Franco. Like Christian Bethencourt? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the NL, I have the Padres as my five spot. I think they're a super good team, but with how stacked the top one, two, and four seeds are in the NL, I think it's going to be pretty tough for them to get any higher than that five spot, especially if Tatis is not going to be back for a little bit longer. Uh, but the Padres, I think, grab that five spot. And then the five spot in the AL... I have been the Mariners and them breaking their postseason drought finally, uh, led by the 21 year old phenom, Julio Rodriguez. 
What about the four spots, Skyler? The last wild card or the, the first boys wild here. card, I guess. We got the Mets in the National League. I, I like Atlanta. You know, we saw last year how amazing it was in the second half. And I think they could be just as good this year. Um, and Toronto over in the AL. Um, like you said, we're, we're still high on Toronto, even if it's not their year like we thought it would be. Uh, maybe the change in coaching sparks something under Vladdy Jr. Yeah. Uh, my fourth seed in the NL is going to be the Braves. Uh, this I like the Braves a lot. I think the Mets are just too good. They're going to get the ground back. They're going to they have Scherzer back at this point. The rest of the guys are healthy, and the Mets are going to go on a roll in the second half. But the Braves are still an amazing team, and they're going to get that top wild card spot, which still lets them host the series in that first round in the NL playoffs. Uh, as far as the AL goes, I think the Blue Jays' strong second half is going to carry them to that fourth spot. They're not in a spot where they can actually take down the Yankees. They're just too far ahead at this point. Unless the Yankees go on a complete collapse and have an opposite second half as they did in their first half. But the Blue Jays are going to be just fine in that four spot. What about the worst division winners, the three seed? Yeah, I got Milwaukee in the National League, Minnesota in the American League. Two teams carried by the pitching this year. Um, Two teams that kind of need a bat, too. Uh, Guys, if you want to go trade for any of our bats perfectly fine with us over in Oakland. Uh, but I don't, I definitely trust Milwaukee a little more than Minnesota this year. Uh, Milwaukee, a lot deeper lineup than Minnesota, especially. So we'll see how far these guys can take it. The number three seed for me in the NL is going to be the Cardinals. I think they win the division. They edge out the Brewers and therefore get the number three spot, but they're going to be the worst division winner compared to the Mets and the Dodgers. So they grabbed the three spot there. And then the three spot in the AL, I have it being the White Sox. I still think the White Sox with how good their roster is can go ahead and take that number one spot in the AL central. They're only three games back of the twins right now. I know the guardians are in that middle ground as well between those two teams, but the White Sox is how good their roster is. I think we'll be just fine and get into the playoffs and grab in that third spot. What about the two spot? Atlanta and Houston, two solid teams. Not much more to say about them, man. Yeah. The Mets are my two seed. I talked about them a little bit when I was talking yeah. about the Braves. They just, they got a lot of things going well for them. And they got one of the, the deepest teams in every facet of the roster and uh, every team in baseball. And then the Astros at the number two spot, probably the best team in the American League. But with their record, they're not going to be as good as the Yankees. And then the one spot, I think we both got the Dodgers and the Yankees here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These teams are I mean, – we don't even need to talk about them much. We, we know how good they are. And if they add Juan Soto, the Dodgers do, like Skyler was saying, it might be game over. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but that's going to do it as far as where's your head at. Let's go ahead and get to the layups and bold predictions Starting off with last week where me and Skyler did not do good. We both had the same layup of San Diego over Colorado on Wednesday. That was a tough series for the the Padres as they lost two out of three in Colorado. So we both get that one wrong. But we both have a similar mindset here in this second week as well. Uh, I have the Brewers taking at least two out of three versus the Rockies uh, in Milwaukee. So it should be a pretty good series there. Or not Cardinals. Brewers get to send out Burns and Woodruff and their guys at 
they they got over there. Then Skyler has a similar thing with saying that Milwaukee's going to beat Colorado on Friday. That's Corbin Burns' start mm-hmm. more specifically. Exactly. Uh, and then for the bold prediction last week, I had Pete winning the home run derby. That did not happen. And Skyler, what do you have? It's not showing up on here. Uh, I had Milwaukee sweeping the Pirates. I think the Pirates ended up winning that series. Oh, damn. Yeah. So rough, rough couple of weeks here for me and Skyler's bets. Uh, but this week I have the A's sweeping the doubleheader against the Tigers on Thursday. There's one thing I know about the A's in the past eight years is that we do not lose to the Tigers. And we're going to go ahead and start our second half out with a bang, sweeping the Tigers with that little two-game set. Skyler, what do you got? I got the Dodgers winning three or more times against San Francisco in their four-game series next weekend. Um, it's you know Stick with my Dodgers, start off hot for the second half and the giants uh, before they had a crazy comeback on Josh Hader a couple days ago, they weren't looking very good at all. That's true. All righty. That's going to do it for episode 97. Once we get to episode 98 next week, there's going to be hopefully some trade deadline news, mm-hmm. some actually trades happening rather than us just talking about them happening. Uh, baseball will be back in full swing. Training camp will be going on all throughout the NFL uh, we'll probably get some NBA news. And it should be news. fun to see uh, with what we got going on in a week from now. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Go American League. Yeah, go American League. Yeah.